0: I I waited and and then I started freaking out and I called everyone, hospitals, everyone, his family, just to see if they'd heard from him. Um, They kind of thought I was overreacting, but I I knew him. I knew Rich very, very well. And he would never have just let me wait like that because he knows I watch a lot of datelines and (laughs) (laughs) that I would be very worried. And I was.
1: Hi, welcome to the death of my the podcast before we get started today's episode is sponsored by newsly for the first time in the history of the internet the web becomes listenable newsly is an audio app for ios and android it picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice browse and listen to articles from topics such as entertainment sports and business stop scrolling and start listening they have podcasts as well explore trending podcasts from over 40 countries Our podcast, The Death of My, is on there too. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description and use promo code DEATH2021 and receive a one-month free Newsly premium. Unlimited listening, unlimited skips, ads-free audio. That's newsly, N-E-W-S-L-Y dot M-E. Use promo code DEATH2021 for one month free, Newsly Premium. Hi,
0: it's your dad. Just calling to say hi, check in, see how you're doing.
1: I hope all is well. Everything's pretty much the same here. I'm doing okay. I love you. Are you are you flying solo right now? There. Like just some quiet time for you. That's really nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm just here by myself. Um, I went to Victoria first. And then I thought, you know, for the actual day, you know, the day before the one year anniversary and the day of, I just kind of wanted to be somewhere quiet. Yeah. You know, so this place is perfect for
1: that. It, it absolutely looks perfect. The sun is starting to set. It's got the yeah. water. It's so pretty. Yeah. Uh, would you mind sharing just your name, what, what you're doing, where you are, like just like the basics of your life?
0: Yeah, um, my name is Mel Z. I, I live in Vancouver. I'm a writer. Um, and last year, July 20th, I lost my partner of four years. Um, yeah.
1: Would you what mind else is there to say? <laughs> That's Perfect. Mm-hmm um would you mind kind of sharing where you're at what happened how do you find out just kind of bring us back to a year ago yeah
0: um I my partner his name was Richard he um left the house uh to go he was um upgrading his license and so he went to go take the test and um I had, I didn't hear from him for hours and I was starting to get worried, it, you know, it's it's not, I thought maybe he failed the test and didn't want to get in touch or something. And um, I I waited and, and then I started freaking out and I called everyone, hospitals, everyone, his family, just to see if they'd heard from him. Um, they kind of thought I was overreacting, but I, I knew him. I knew Rich very, very well. And he would never have just let me wait like that because he knows I yeah. watch a lot of datelines and <laughs> <laughs> that I would be very worried. And I was. So I called everyone, did whatever I could, went, went out, took his, took him, you know, had a picture of him on my phone, went around to places in the neighborhood. Have you seen this guy? Have you seen him? Whatever, just, you know, all the f- crazy things that you do because you're just, out of your mind worried and then I finally got a call like maybe six hours later my my mom and sister had come to my house because they knew I was so worried and they were really worried too and then we got a call um, It was actually my brother who hosts the podcast with me yeah. obsessed much he he um, has a friend who's a cop, and that cop went and searched the system and found that rich had had a um, they didn't know what it was at first, but he had collapsed while he was taking his road test and never made it to the hospital. That's why the hospitals didn't, they didn't have any record of it. He he died on the scene there. Um, and my brother had to call me and tell me that. So that was really, I, I'd imagine really hard for him. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. And then, you know, you just go into like a crazed state, you know, when you find, when you hear that news, yeah, it's like you, your body, it's like an electric shock through your body, you know, like you're just so, I I didn't even go into a stage where I thought that it must not be true. For some reason, I immediately was like, okay, that's what happened. and, And this is definitely true. Like I everyone around me was saying, it's maybe it's not him, maybe it's not him. And I just knew that it was him, that he he had died because he would never let me worry like that ever, unless something serious had happened. So, um, yeah, then later we found out that it was, um, like an undiagnosed heart condition, um, that had killed him. He was only 33 and he was very healthy. You know, he, he ran and, just no no indications that there was something wrong um so it was really out of nowhere you know a 33 year old man um to just drop dead like that so crazy so yeah yeah Yeah, right so um it's really I don't know I I feel I immediately felt I'm sure like everyone feels this but I immediately felt so alone Mm. because how do you explain that to somebody you know
1: right even the people closest to you they they won't understand because that's your relationship exactly
0: Exactly. even people like my mom lost mine and my jeff my brother's dad in 2012 and um, one of my really good friends lost um Uh, basically her partner too um and it's just no losses are the same you know you want to relate and you can you can understand some things but you know you'll never fully understand the full impact right
1: yeah yeah what were the first couple days like well first off I'm glad that your mom and sister were at least there
0: yeah. Which
1: must've been super helpful, at least just to know that you weren't physically alone and by yourself.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um,
1: so what was it like the first couple of days? Once you found out your family is there, you got a yeah. bunch of paperwork um, and things you got to do. It
0: was insane. It was insane. It was, um, I just feel like your brain is trying so hard to make sense of what's happened and you can't make sense of it. There's no making sense of it. And so you're in a state that it's almost like a psychotic state that you're in. And all I really wanted to do, I know how helpful sleep is for dealing with trauma. And so my I was just like, I I just have to go to sleep. I just have to go to sleep because, you know, your brain helps you deal with your reality when you go to sleep. So I really just wanted to get there. You know, I I wanted to just, I went into like a, like this, like science mode where I was like, okay, this is the situation. How am I going to beat this grief? So I was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to like listen to any music right now. No, I love music so much. And I was like, I'm not listening to any music. I'm not going to, you know, um, use any perfumes or any kind of like specific shampoos because I didn't, you know, how strong the tie to memory is with your, with smell. I was like, I don't want to remember any of this, like the first stages. I don't want a song to remind me of this. I don't want a smell to remind me of this. I just want to be like, I was just so where's my counselor and where's my journal. And like, it was like all the years of like my self-care stuff was just like kicked into high gear. And I was like, bitch, you better (laughs) do all the shit right now. (laughs) And I did, I like, I feel like I, it was exhausting. It was just exhausting. And those first, those first few days were I mean, it's really weird because I wrote an essay about it like three weeks in or something and and was describing in the essay exactly what it felt like. Yeah. And now it's hard for me to even remember because I feel like I, my brain has blocked it out because it's you know, trying to protect me from, because I can't even, I truly like, I don't know how I survived that. Like, I can't yeah. believe that hu- humans have to. I can't believe humans have to deal with uh, the death of somebody that
1: close. Right. Yeah. And then keep living, keep going, keep moving. And then you have like this treasure chest almost that like is locked. And it's like, we had it open when they died in the first few weeks, few months, and then it just closes and it's like almost too scary to touch. And our brain is so crazy how it like protects us. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I was just, thinking about this recently like I had some issues come up with um like once my dad died there's a bunch of junk that came with it that makes me angry inside and I but my like my body won't even let me go there like I can't get close enough to it because I just know there's so much either pain or hurt or you know something inside yes. of me that just is so I just can't, you know, like I'm just, I just keep moving forward, but it's weird. There's, there's always going to be like this little something there. And, and I'm curious, like when you wrote that essay, have you looked back at it at all in the last year?
0: Yep. I have, um, because I, I sent it off, um, to a magazine to, to get it published. It was published on modern loss. Um, it's called how to brush your teeth while grieving in a pandemic. and I. I had to go through a brutal editing process <laughs> which was horrible yeah. I like uh, it was too much for me I, I it was exhausting and I, I I didn't have enough space from it yet mm. so they were like you know what? why don't you change this word and I was like fuck you <laughs> way way too emotional
1: right yeah it's like you're giving yourself open heart surgery and they want you to keep digging in and keep fixing like yes you're at the lowest of low what
0: exactly exactly Um, but so I I had to go over it and over it and over it and then um yeah once it came out I read the final one and then I haven't I haven't looked at it again but um it was super cathartic to do it just to write it all down once it was done it felt like I moved into a different stage of grief like the, the second it went up on their website and it was out of my hands and there were no more edits and everything I felt like okay that I took that piece out of me and kind of put it out into the world and now it's it felt just very different it was really
1: weird yeah have you aside from that kind of step have you felt it throughout the rest of the year kind of change at all and and also on top of that when this happened during the pandemic um I didn't even put two and two together but like I mean, I'm sure you're at home, not doing much during all this, so you're really there in your thoughts. I, it's, I couldn't imagine. But yeah, it was crazy. What, what was it kind of like being, if not alone, but like you know, you can't really fill your mind with other stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, like at the time, I was really upset that. I mean, even when it happened, people. You know, some people didn't want to come over they couldn't because you know they were scared of the pandemic so I you know there were lots of people friends and family who, who I couldn't even see I couldn't hug them and then even when people did come over you know they were often only there for you know 10 minutes or something and, and it was they were nervous and of course and but I mean I did have a group of people around me a lot who who you know I got to hug and whatever but at the time, I was like, really, I felt so cheated that this is when I have to grieve. Yeah. Okay. When I can't get hugs and like, okay, I can't go out. I can't, I have to just sit here. Yeah. And I thought, I was so pissed off about it. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I kind of realized now, like, actually, that was really helpful because I know that like grief as with any kind of difficult emotion you have to sit in it you have to if you go out and drink and you know see your friends and distract yourself and do whatever you know it's it's just waiting it's just going to be waiting there so just to sit in it and cry and scream and do all the fucked up shit that you do yeah. you you have to you just have to do that all i did for weeks i laid in bed and he screamed and cried and wrote and read and listened to speakers grief experts you know I, I just like I said I was trying to beat the grief kind of yeah. okay well you know what should I do next and you know um, in podcasts and reading books and all the things counseling lots of counseling I had three counselors at one
1: point great I mean that's
0: awesome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know yeah so I was, I was really like on, on it because I, I really, my work was amazing. They gave me, a, uh, they said, take whatever time they, they, they paid me my full wage and said, take whatever time you need, which is incredible because so many places don't do that. I think you get like five days <laughs> bereavement when it's your partner. Can you imagine going back to work? Five days like later. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had a month where I literally did that. I did nothing but grieve. And it was, I feel it now how helpful it was for me to do that because I didn't have any distractions. I just literally just sat in the pain. And, and then I feel like I moved through it quicker, like th- through the initial stages of it. I moved through that initial, like, brutal first stage
1: Really you like you know, every every minute you're thinking about it
0: or... every minute all, and even when i'm sleeping all my dreams were fucking crazy my dreams like horrifying oh my god and yeah just i, I was taking I, I still actually after rich died i started taking s- sleeping pills every night because i i knew you know when you're suffering like that you you at least need sleep so, yeah. I was at least getting a full sleep every single night. I'm still taking the sleeping pills because I just need to get that sleep.
1: Yeah, Are, you and know, you feel like they're helping,
0: definitely. Because I have if I if I don't get a good sleep, like I already have massive fucking annoying ass anxiety all the time, <laughs> mm-hmm. and if I don't sleep, it's so much worse. Yeah. So, thank God at least for sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah. What was it like with? I mean, I know it's kind of different because you're, because COVID, but were your friends there at least, or the trying to be there? Was there people that kind of came out and wanted to help?
0: Yeah. And then there's the vultures that come Mm. out too, right? (laughs) Like, uh, you know, there's a, you you kind of, it's like, you can, you can see who's your real friend. Totally. You know, like Mm -hmm. the people, I, I understand that grief is, one of the most um, difficult emotions and processes and that people are very uncomfortable around it. They don't know what to say. They feel stupid and they, they often misspeak. You know, it, it's, it's painful to watch. It's like you, you as the griever have to do extra work mm-hmm. to try to make people comfortable you know, and, and and not be scared of you because so many people were, you can see that they kind of look at you like, oh shit, there's the widow. Oh yeah. God, what do you say to a widow?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? it, it sucks when someone close to you dies because not like as your partner, it's like, not only do you have to figure out everything to do with them and all of, you know, all of the aftermath, then people don't know how to act. So you also have to put on this front. It's just like, at your lowest low, at the worst time in your life is when you have to be doing this for everyone else. And that's the yeah. last thing that we should be doing. I know. Exactly. <laughs> so that's the point of like doing these podcasts and just talking to people. Yeah. It's like, hopefully Absolutely. people just kind of wake up and realize like, we first off a need you to be there. Please be a good friend. Just reach out, you know, not that hard. Um, yeah. And, and just really like share, like how we're feeling and what we're going through and knowing that, like, this is like the worst of the worst. So like, please just listen to my story. Just be there. Just, you know,
0: absolutely. Just make your presence known.
1: Absolutely. Right. I I
0: feel like I've I've posted so much about grief over the last year, Yeah. just because there is so little information out there. Like people are just obviously like death is the last thing we want to talk about, but it's going to get, all of us yeah and like to just ignore it is so strange to me but I feel like you're kind of like you know like the like grief bands have you ever heard of those Mm -mm. they're like it was like a Victorian thing where they would like put a black band around a griever's arm Mm -hmm. so that people knew okay don't don't talk to that person they're grieving (laughs) or whatever right And that's almost like what it's like when, when you're grieving, you, you, you almost like leave society,
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, like You've people, been
0: Yes, yeah. exactly. Cause people are so freaked out by you. They're scared. You're going to cry. They're scared. You know, they don't know what to say and whatever, but I mean, that's the thing. Like I had so many people who understood grief and my family, especially, you know, we lost my dad in 2012. And, and so we'd, been all through, we'd all been through grief counseling and had talked a lot about death and whatever. You know, we're a dark-ass family as it is. So um, that was great. And then I, I have really close friends who were there. But there's definitely people who I won't speak to ever again.
1: Yeah.
0: Definitely. Who I'd never want to see again because I'm so mad at the way that they dealt with this. Couldn't even reach out or, or, or said really stupid
1: things or yeah. like, you know? Yeah. I, I, not only do I understand that, but from talking to people literally from everywhere, it's like very common how poorly the people, some people closest to us just don't know how to act. And it's like, yeah. clearly, clearly, why are you in my life? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Why are we,
0: yeah
1: you know? Um, yeah. We, uh, you brought up your dad and, and I'm just curious, did once this happened with Richard, did, did it bring up old emotions about that as well?
0: It didn't because it was such a different thing. Like I feel like I like losing my dad was was really hard, but this was so different because this was my whole life. Like literally it was. Rich was my every day. I went to bed with him. I woke up with him. We shared everything. We, you know, for years, four years, and, you know, I had to move. I had to pack all of his stuff up. I had to plan his funeral. I had to pick his coffin. I had to, you know, all the like horrible things that you have to do. I didn't have to do any of that stuff with my dad, really. I, I did a little bit, but my mom mostly did it you know and it's like when it's that close to you like I just feel like my whole life changed my whole life changed and it was you know I, I like I think about it now and like I I can't believe that I am here still I can't like it was so hard and it's still so hard and tomorrow coming up is you know the one year and I can't it's like I feel like my mind has played tricks on me I don't know how it's been a year it could be it could be 10 years ago and it could be three months ago yeah you know it's just such a fucking weird thing but yeah no I feel like uh, what the way my dad's death did inform this was I had some tools I had some grief tools I knew like, okay, you got to like, you know, I used to be a drug addict for years. And when my dad died, I just went so hard with drugs. Mm-hmm. And so, and I had, I had stopped misusing drugs for like three years when Rich died. And I, everybody got really worried. Like I was going to immediately jump right back into drugs and I can't believe I didn't, <laughs> but I didn't. And, and You know, I, I think it's hugely because I kind of knew, okay, like, let's just get through the first three weeks and then let's get through this anniversary and his birthday and my birthday. And, you know, it was just like one little thing at a time. So yeah, that if I had never lost somebody, I don't know how I would have. Right. I don't know how I would have ever.
1: Like you said, you have the tools. There are little things that you've already learned, which is super amazing and just like hearing you talk it's like you you process it you know whether obviously you'll still be sad and it's gonna literally suck for the rest of your life and I but but you're aware of that and I think that's really powerful and and you know what you've done is is something that it takes people decades to do is just be able to understand what happened and like try to move forward but like just being conscious and aware of it and so yeah that's amazing well like I feel like
0: the number one thing I feel like is I'm not thinking in my mind what if what if why me why did this happen you know I'm I'm not stuck in that type of thinking I I my brain is telling me this happened it doesn't. We. I don't know why it happened. I, I don't have any religion in in me at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he is. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I, I don't know any. I literally just know nothing. Yeah. And I just have to wake up and do the next thing. Just fucking keep going. I'm gonna die too one day. Like it's made me acutely aware of my own mortality and the mortality of everyone around me. Mm-hmm. I'm so much more like. If I think somebody looks beautiful, I say, you look beautiful. (laughs) If I think, like, I want to tell somebody I love them, I tell them I love them. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just so aware that one moment somebody's right next to you, and the next moment they're just completely gone, just completely gone, and it doesn't make any sense. And there's nothing you can do about it.
1: (laughs) Do you do you fear losing anyone or is it absolutely okay
0: definitely definitely I especially in those first like six months I was oh I had such bad anxiety I couldn't even couldn't even be in a car (laughs) I just stick my head out the window um I was very scared that that I was gonna lose somebody else and the worst and I kind of convinced myself like okay no you're not you're not it's fine or whatever but like I am going to lose somebody else. We all are. Yeah. You know, and you just can't, you just can't prepare for it. You just can't. But when the only good thing is that when it does happen, you're always going to be okay. Yeah. You know, at some point you're going to be okay. And you're not going to be thinking about it all day. You know, your brain, you know you will get used to it that sounds so terrible but that is what it is it's that you get used to them not being there anymore and you or you start to have a different relationship with them just because they're gone doesn't mean you don't still have a relationship with them you know you just have a different relationship with them and they can't talk back <laughs> but it's still there you know the love and all of the, everything is still there mm-hmm. but um yeah it's, are you- kind of depressing but it's also kind of freeing in this way right because you're like now I'm not as scared of of death yeah
1: are you you, are you still going to therapy
0: hell yes baby
1: (laughs) (laughs) with all three no (laughs) okay
0: I know I've laid laid the other two off um I uh I've always gone to counseling like for 20 years I'm just such a believer in in, if you go see a doctor, you should go see a counselor. Like yeah. your brain is, your brain and your emotions are ninety nine percent of your life. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Um, I'm. Are you journaling as well?
0: I am. I I'm. Yeah,
1: always, always journaling.
0: Did you journal? Or um, do you?
1: I, I think I tried for a little bit. Yeah. So so I was going to therapy like six months i don't know i made that number up. i actually don't know maybe a year <laughs> six months something before he died um yeah. and oh, then, okay. and then he died he fell and hit his head so it was like tragic as well um and then um a little bit after but then i stopped going and i didn't i don't think i journaled i don't now but i write not songs but like almost poems or just like short messages almost like in the notes in my okay. phone. And I find that helpful. And I find like doing the podcast Absolutely. and stuff helpful. So I feel like I have like my other outlets. But the reason why I asked you about journaling is just because that isn't really my niche. But you're since you're a writer, I was just curious. And and people that are listening might also really like to write. So I was just curious if you have any yeah. thoughts about like how that's helped you or how that can help someone.
0: Well, like it's weird because Journaling and, like, talk therapy and stuff like that, they're so analytical, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you're, like, talking through, writing through these hard emotions and your thoughts and everything. And and that is really helpful because it kind of just, like, takes a, a knot of emotion or thought out of your head. And in order to speak the thing or write the thing, you kind of have to untangle it. A little bit to even get it out and make it into a sentence right yeah so that's helpful but like you're saying um like poems and songs i am a musician and or i was and i'm not really anymore but um those things are abstract and they like tap into your emotional brain almost more than mm-hmm. things like talk therapy and and journaling do because it's like a psychic thing like you're you're skipping past the thought almost and just hitting the straight emotion and that can be so helpful and like I'm such a like I'm so annoying where like I feel like I'm like constantly trying to figure it all out and like okay what's next and how do I make sense of this and there's just truly so much that we cannot make sense of and so you know this last month has been really really hard for me because my body has like been thrown back into last year like with the weather change and you know it being July like when the day he died was so hot that week was so hot and so the hot weather is you know making my body react in this way and I was talking to my counselor about it and I was like you know, maybe I should have more counseling. Maybe I should write more. Maybe I should do this. And he was like, "No, no, no! Like, that's so much thinking. You should do things that are in your body. Like, get a massage, go swimming, do like, you know, um, like I listen to like ASMR, and like, there's lots of like things you can do where you you're." You're not stuck in the t- trying to rationalize. You literally can't rationalize death and grief. There's there's not there's no making sense of it. Mm. And so doing things like that, like writing poetry and you know music and drawing, like my counselor is like an art therapist too, and he suggested cool. that I take both, I, I put I put like crayons or pens in both hands and just draw on a page that that can be helpful because you're using the right and left side of your brain, the analytical and uh, creative emotional side. And you're kind of like bringing them together, yeah. which is really interesting. There's lots of art therapy things that sound hokey as shit, <laughs> but they're actually pretty helpful and, and really do actually make sense.
1: Yeah.
0: So I feel like you need to do all of the things. I started exercising too, every single day for my mental health yeah I, I feel like this has been <laughs> I've never worked harder <laughs> than this year I'm doing all the things all the things and you know I I'm doing I'm actually doing okay you know I'm actually doing okay and so yeah I feel like you need a whole toolbox <laughs> full of all the things you can't just do one
1: yeah that's yeah. true, and, and like yeah. you mentioned earlier, I feel like you just brought stuff up for me from my from before, but, like, I remember when I was trying to find, like, books and podcasts, like, what you were mentioning, but then I think somewhere down the line, I realized that, like, I think I'm trying to fill my void and not, like, release it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to, like, like, almost, like, numb myself to it when, I should be like you said exercising or doing art like things that are kind of like an outlet almost instead of like yeah
0: adrenaline. like uh like like less input and more output
1: yeah I love that. yeah
0: yeah like just so, like man sometimes like when you're just like sitting there okay like I learned this thing this year about um so much of grief is anxiety mm. and obviously somebody's yeah gone and what the fuck you know what's gonna happen to me and what you know all the shit so much anxiety panic everything and your body when it goes into these panic stages it it's it's like alarm bells going off saying something's wrong something's wrong something's wrong and it goes into fight flight fight or flight mode right and to trick your brain into being like Nothing's wrong because nothing immediately is wrong. Right. Right. So you can literally get up and run (laughs) because then your body's like, okay, I did something. I did the, I did the flight aspect. I I, I did something. I reacted to the threat and, and I, and I fucking ran (laughs) and it really helps. Yeah. It really helps like just these, all these little things that just trick your brain because yeah, something really is wrong, but there's, you know there's nothing you can do about it really it's gonna be there you just have to like kind of treat it as it comes up yeah
1: it's a lot um do you do you have a favorite memory with him
0: oh god um (laughs) i mean He was just very chill. He was really kind and thoughtful. And I'm really loud and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I can be a lot. <laughs> and he was just, you know, even just, I really just liked our home time. Like being in bed with him and, and him saying, Mel, you know, don't freak out about this as much as you're freaking out about it you know, just, he was really, he could really calm me down and I really missed just shooting the shit with him at night and, you know, just, we could just be quiet with each other. And that was really, really nice. Yeah. We did a lot though. We did a lot of trips and we did a lot of, um, We did a lot. I I noticed after he died, I was like, wow, I have all these pictures. I have so many pictures of him and he hated me for it. He was like, that's enough. Stop taking my picture. But I'm so glad I ignored him (laughs) because now I have so many beautiful pictures of all these things and um, really good memories, yeah.
1: Have you gone through all the photos and videos and everything?
0: Well, I did, you know, I I made a I just was out of my mind when I was planning the funeral. Um I I made a slideshow and it was I my I was shaking. I I don't even know why I put myself through that. It was really traumatic to sit there and look at all of his baby photos and his us together and him and his friends and all like I probably shouldn't have done it because it was really too much for me. I I felt like but now we have a really nice slideshow and his family really appreciated it. And, you know, so it's a little bit more trauma for me, (laughs) but a nice slideshow in the end. So whatever. (laughs) And yeah, like I, I I have a lot of voice recordings too. I, I'm such a freak. I like take so many videos and pictures. I would also secretly record him sometimes and he'd be so mad at me for (laughs) it. Like he would, He'd like makeup songs or something and i would i would you know record it yeah. and now i'm like Fuck, thank god i did all that because you know you you can start to forget somebody's voice
1: yeah
0: you know and and i heard the voicemail from your dad mm-hmm. and, and i wished that i had had a, a voicemail from my dad and and so and i think that's partly why i recorded rich and i record my mom and i record everybody and yeah. because i I'm so it was so devastating to not have those things from my dad so yeah it just it makes you think very differently about the world and everyone around you
1: if someone's listening that have has recently lost a partner um what is something that you'd want to share with them
0: um Do whatever you need to do. Fuck everybody else for real. Don't Mm -hmm. feel bad about anything that you're doing. If you want to go date, if you want to fuck everybody, if you want to sit in your house, if you want to, you know, anything, anything, do anything that you need to do. Mm -hmm. There's literally nothing that you could do that's wrong unless you're hurting somebody, but you know, there's there's so much shame around you know grief in general but for some reason when there's an expectation about a widow or a widower we just have this expectation of what that's supposed to look like
1: yeah
0: and and people get upset when it doesn't look the way that they think it should and fuck that <laughs> I
1: but guess I that. <laughs> I love it I <laughs> guess that brings up a good point too is is kind of what do you like well, kind of configure what you're going to say but when someone (laughs) um you know it's like when are you going to start dating again when are you going to do this when are you going to go out with that person like people and then if it's too soon to the person that's asking it's like then they look down on you but then there's other people like well what's taking you so long yeah i guess like how would you kind of touch on that
0: i mean just do what you feel comfortable with I started dating a little bit a couple months ago and I felt very weird about it but I felt also felt ready I feel like I I did so much grief work I I moved through grief in such a way that like I was privileged enough to have that time in the beginning that I literally did nothing but grieve Mm -hmm. for the first month you know whatever And so I felt ready to like, start going out on dates. Like, I I mean, almost just as a social experiment, you know, Mm -hmm. but I felt real guilt about it for sure. And because, you know, you know what I did though? uh, Now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't tell anybody about it. I told like my best friend and, and other than that, I didn't tell anybody else because then I didn't have to deal with, The extra layer of, you know, shaming me or whatever. I I'd say like, just keep do whatever you want. (laughs) Just do whatever you want. Yeah. Literally, fuck everybody else. They don't understand. They can't understand. Even if you try to explain it, even if you spent hours trying, get you know, showing them your diary, whatever. They're never gonna fucking understand. Yeah. So. And, and, and hopefully you have a healthy fear of death now (laughs) where you realize actually what other people think about what I'm doing doesn't matter at all. So I'm, I just, I'm going to just live my life exactly how I want to live it and not feel ashamed or just don't tell the people that, you know, are going to shame you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Did you, know? you I, well, and I'm curious, did you tell the people you went on dates with about what happened or did you kind of leave it?
0: I tried to not.
1: Yeah. But
0: um, it always comes up because they're like, oh, how did your last relationship end? Or, oh, you know, and, you know, they, that always comes up Or they make jokes yeah. about, ha-ha, we're losers, we're single, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, actually, you know, yeah. Yeah. But I mean,
1: would you recommend someone to bring it up or just like, let it be just see how, if it comes up?
0: Yeah. Honestly, I'm just, I'm really honest to a fault. I feel like I'll tell anybody that I used to be a drug addict. I'll tell anybody that my partner's dead. I'll tell anybody that, you know, I I used to have an eating disorder. I anything i i I don't care like what does it matter it's makes you know it it's that's who i am and it maybe talking about it helps other people that's so important to me if you if you hear somebody talking out loud about these things they're not supposed to talk about then you maybe are more comfortable to talk about it yourself that's the whole point of your podcast right Yeah. yeah and so i mean i think that telling the truth is important and and being true truthful about who you are and what brought you to where you're at in your life now is important but some you got to protect your energy too some people if if it's like your first date don't tell them your whole life story (laughs) don't list your traumas (laughs) you know there's a time for that sort of thing and it's probably not you know right away yeah yeah
1: if you could tell him one more thing what would you want to
0: oh no I can't answer that that's gonna make me fucking cry <laughs> I, I I can't answer that that's That's right. yeah that's a, that's a big one. <laughs> that's a big one that's a very good question though
1: how can people find you would you mind talking about your podcast a little bit
0: Oh, yeah. Um, My brother, Jeff, and I, we have a podcast called Obsess Much. Uh, We're on Instagram uh, at Obsess Much Podcast. Uh, And it's Obsess, not obsessed with an ED. We make a silly podcast, um, just talking about things that we're obsessed with. And um, we try to make it funny and interesting. We do a lot of research and just random things, serial killers, cults, uh, dreams, and sleeping. And we just did one on, um, there's this like um, psychiatric hospital in Vancouver that has like this really weird, sordid history. It's called Riverview Hospital. We did that. um, And uh, yeah, so we do that. And then also we run a little business together too we um we're called ra ra creative co um we do social media marketing cool. and yeah then i just have like my writing stuff you know i write some essays and stuff and um personal essays stuff like that on uh, Melzi.ca.
1: amazing well thank you so much for sharing everything and when this comes out tomorrow it'll already happened so I just hope tomorrow's special. And if you're you gonna sit out and do nothing, that sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. I, I actually booked a massage that for the sounds- time, the, the, the time that he died, I was like, I, I really don't want to just be sitting. So I booked a massage, just something nice for myself, something that's in my body and not me trying to make sense of everything, just actually being chill, hopefully. and Yeah. So tomorrow I'm, I'm hoping will just be a, a chill day and a, day of reflection and remembering him i'm going to definitely be watching videos and listening to voice recordings and all the silly songs he made up and you know it's going to be a hard day and it's always anniversaries are hard there's no avoiding it being hard but i'm just going to try to take care of myself tomorrow as much as i can
1: i love that well thank you again for taking the time
0: thank you so much it was so nice to meet you
1: you too